WCC Weekly Roundup on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Uh, just wanted to quickly kind of go over um, the transfer portal in regards to uh, the WCC. Oddly enough, out of all the leagues in the country that I've kind of uh, looked through and filtered through a number of websites, the WCC has been impacted by the transfer portal possibly less than any other uh, league that, that I can really kind of follow. Um, you look at so many of the, quote, big schools, you've got guys transferring Power 5 to Power 5. You get a lot of the, the mid-major and or the low majors transferring up. Um, but when you look at the, the rosters of a lot of these WCC schools, now I know there's lots of movement still to happen um, the, over the next month or six weeks or so, but um, there hasn't been a truly negative impacts of solid transfers going away from a WCC school to uh, another landing spot. I think the biggest uh, kind of surprises, and I wouldn't really call one of them a surprise, but the the biggest kind of uh, pieces of news out there are guys that are testing the NBA waters. Obviously, everybody knows Drew Timmy for Gonzaga is going to do that. Chet Holmgren, we can only imagine he hasn't announced yet, but he, he's going to sign and completely stay in the draft, which he should, uh, being a probable top three pick. Um, but a couple guys from the WCC have put their name in the NBA draft with the ability to still come back, uh, whether using their regular eligibility or using that extra COVID year. And um, the name that jumps out quickly in regards to that would be Jalen Williams uh, from Santa Clara. That could be the big mover and shaker um, in the conference because if he comes back to Santa Clara, he gives them a bona fide possible 20 point per game, uh, a night scorer. Um, he is going through the draft process he has mentioned that uh, he will be open to going to other schools if he comes back, but um, I think if he comes back to Santa Clara, that is a huge boost for the Broncos and Herb Sendek. Uh, two other guys to keep a, an eye out on uh, in regards to declaring their name for the NBA draft, Khalil Shabazz with San Francisco. Um, he's got the opportunity to come back and use his COVID year. Um, but he, he announced just the other day that uh, he is going to chase his dream and, and by putting his name in the NBA draft and seeing what happens. Um, I think he's a very talented player. I think he's very skilled. He plays you know with a chip on his shoulder, but uh, I would imagine he'll be back to San Francisco. Uh, he found a perfect home um, under Todd Golden, and we'll, I, I think it would be great if he runs it back under Chris Gerlifson, um, and that would be big for Gerlifson because he would be able to have uh, you know, a solid, experienced, um, multi-dimensional guard on the perimeter, even though he is he's a little smaller. But uh, he had a tremendous year again. Uh, you could, between him and Bouye, they were obviously the heart and soul of that Don's program that made it to the NCAA tournament. So that's one to keep in mind. The other one out of BYU, um, Gideon George, small forward. He's declared for the NBA draft. Haven't seen if he's 100% in or if he's retaining his ability to come back to school. So that That'll be interesting to follow, interesting to see. Uh, a couple other players that I would imagine might test the NBA waters um, from Gonzaga. I would not be surprised to see uh, if Julian Strother tests the waters. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, if a Hunter Salas and a Nolan Hickman test the NBA waters just because of how uh, highly ranked they were and how highly they were, were recruited 
and the fact that they they are absolute uh, NBA prospects. Do I think they're ready at this time? Um, no, I, I think each one of them would uh, it would serve them all well to come back because they're each going to be a huge piece uh, of next year's roster. I think they'll be able to kind of put themselves in a better light. And, and one of the things that most people don't understand is. Yes, you want to go early enough in in the timing in the clock of your professional career to to make the most amount of money. But if you go too soon and you're not ready, you're not going to have that opportunity to make that money anyways because you're not going to perform uh, at a high level early enough in your career to extend your career. And so uh, that's something that I think needs to be considered for any player uh, that's going through this process and decides to stay. But I wouldn't be surprised to see those three test it just to get feedback, get some evaluation and some experience. Um, but I would, I, I do expect the three of those guys back. Uh, other guys at in the conference that I would expect to test the waters, um, Maxwell Lewis at Pepperdine battled injuries. Well, first off, to start the year, he, he battled an NCAA eligibility um, issue. I believe he lost five or six games right off the bat. Um, and then he showed some big time flashes as a scorer and as a wing, um, you know, uh, an impactful player on the wing. He's got great length, good athleticism. Uh, his skill set uh, definitely is solid, but it showed that he's got the ability to grow in that too. So I would expect him to declare for the draft, and hopefully he leaves his options open. I think the best move for him would be come back to Pepperdine and, and, and show his growth in that setting. Uh, but I would expect that to be the case with Maxwell Lewis because he, he flirted with going to the NBA out of one of those high school academies that he, he spent time at uh, at the end of his high school career. So um, those are kind of the NBA kind of evaluation or, or declare, declarations uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, in regards to the, the transfer portal, as I said, there's not there has not been a ton of movement in the WCC in regards to player transfers. Um you know, you quickly look at BYU. They had two players that were non-impactful a season ago. Nate Hansen and Hunter Erickson are now in the, the transfer portal. Those are two guys that committed to BYU back in 2017 and 2018. They both went on two-year LDS missions uh, and haven't been able to crack the rotation uh, at BYU since they got back. So those aren't necessarily um, huge uh, impacts for, for BYU. For Gonzaga, the only one um, that has been uh, – public as of now is Will Graves. Uh, he's showed his tremendous ability to to be a great teammate. Uh, I know he had opportunities to play at smaller schools before he came to Gonzaga. Um, it's looking like he wants a chance to play that final year. So he's probably looking um, at, a, at a Division II or maybe an NAIA school where he's going to have a huge role. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to have success at those levels. Um, because he can shoot it, he's got good size, and then he's obviously got the the experience going up against some of the best players in the country at Gonzaga practices the last few years. Uh, LMU, the Lions, Joe Quintana, one of the best shooters uh, in the West Coast Conference a season ago based upon three-point field goal percentage, three-point makes per game, free throw percentage, etc. Uh, he's moving on from LMU. He's going to finish up his career at Cal Baptist in the Big West, so um, I think that's a good move for him. Uh, Pacific, there's really been no movement um, from guys that I've been able to, to see or track on, on multiple different websites. But, um, you know, I think what Larry Leonard Perry did in his first year uh, was admirable considering he got the job so late and he had to flip the roster pretty quickly because guys uh, were in flux, not knowing uh, Damon Stoudemire's situation. Um, 
So not much movement going on at Pacific. I mentioned Pepperdine with possible guys, uh, Maxwell Lewis in, in particular, going to the NBA draft uh, as a possibility. But they've had two guys in the transfer portal. Kendall Munson, um, pretty quickly after the season went over, was over, went to the transfer portal. He's transferring to Portland State. I think that's a good move, go down uh, a level from the WCC to the Big Sky. I think he's got a chance to be an impactful player for Jace Coburn at Portland State. And then Malachi Caffrey, um, a walk-on at Pepperdine, um, hasn't really gotten much opportunity to play, but uh, he is now in the transfer portal looking for a place to play. Uh, University of Portland, you know, they had so many guys this season ago um, that I think Shante Leggins was still at the end of the season sorting through what he had and figuring out who fit best, what fit best. Um, but as of this moment, there's only one one guy in the transfer portal from Portland, uh, and that's Yaru Harvey. And he's got an interesting story because he committed to Eastern when Shante Leggins, Eastern Washington, that is, when Shante Leggins was the head coach there, decommitted, followed Shante to the University of Portland. And it'll be interesting to see uh, where he lands. Does he land back at Eastern Washington? Uh, because much of that staff was with Shante Leggins um, in Cheney. So uh, moving on to the Toreros of San Diego, obviously a big hire in Steve Lavin as head coach. Um, and maybe the biggest impact right there was uh, freshman point guard from a season ago, Wayne McKinney Jr., who had a really nice freshman year, um, kind of had the opportunity to learn on the job, got a lot of minutes, got a lot of experience. He was in the portal. Steve Lavin got the job. Within 36 hours, he's out of the portal and staying at San Diego. So that's a great um, uh, great thing for the Toreros. Now with them and Coach Lavin coming in, I would expect to see a little bit of movement once Coach Lavin gets to know uh, the skill set uh, of the roster that he has. I think it'll be there'll be some movement because some of the players will understand the vision uh, that Steve Lavin has. And, and if they don't match up, they don't mesh, I would expect to see some guys from San Diego in that transfer portal. Uh, with with USF, there there was really uh, not a lot of, of uh, guys in the portal from what I could find. I mean, none, to be honest. Uh, Shabazz testing the NBA waters. Bouye is obviously gone. Um, you got the older guys in, in Tape and Masalski that have exhausted their eligibility. Um, but it'll be interesting because Chris Gerlifson now has had that job for about three, three and a half weeks. So um, as he's had a chance to kind of work through the roster in with his vision in, in mind and the players understanding that um, there may be a, a, a Don player or two that decides to transfer at this point. But uh, from what I've seen right now, there's been very little player movement uh, at USF. Santa Clara, they've got the big decision that that'll be made by Jalen Williams with the NBA draft. Does he come back? And then when he comes back, if he doesn't stay in the draft, I mean, does he come back to Santa Clara or does he go somewhere else? Uh, it looks like he's keeping all of his options open. If he comes back to Santa Clara, um, you're looking at a 20-point-per-night possible score in the league and a huge benefit uh, and a bonus for, for the Broncos moving into seventh season for Herb Sendick in Santa Clara. But uh, they lost one player, Miguel Tomley, uh, kind of a second guard off the bench, can kind of do a little bit of uh, initiating offense, knock down some threes, solid defender. He's going to Idaho State. Um, and then with St. Mary's. Um, Randy Bennett just has that program kind of, you know, on autopilot in regards to guys come in and they're not, they don't, they rarely transfer. They will transfer, but I have to say rarely transfer because you go in understanding and knowing that Randy Bennett and staff has a plan 
in place for your development and how you're going to earn your minutes and when they're going to come. He's had plenty of guys that, uh, you know, such as Tommy Cousy, who just wrapped up his career, started off as a walk-on, earned uh, earned minutes, and then earned kind of a role and a niche within what they're doing, and then he earns a scholarship. So um, I would imagine a lot of the young players, Mitchell Saxon, Jabe Mullins, um, Augustus Marshallonis, uh, they're under, you know, the watchful eye of that staff in, in talking about a plan and how to keep that plan intact with their skill development, with their player development, their physical development, how they fit within the program, and then sharing the vision that they have to make them a bigger part of the rotational minutes within the program. So I uh, haven't seen much movement with St. Mary's. I don't expect to see much movement with St. Mary's, uh, but you never know. I mean, uh, this is college basketball in 2022. It's the wild, wild west in regards to transfers. But just wanted to give a quick overview of what the transfer portal is looking like in the WCC. I know there's a lot of Gonzaga-centric uh, listeners to this. Um, Gonzaga is going to be as active as anybody in the portal getting guys and being uh, sifting through finding guys that fit. Um, you know, I talked with assistant coach Brian Michelson just the other day. Uh, and I'm not going to share names or, or anything, but um, he said it's a it, it's a near round the clock effort <laughs> trying to kind of sift through the the portal right now of, of guys that are in there that one fit skill set wise, one fit skill set wise within the team concept of how they would play if Timmy's here, how they would play if Timmy's not here, uh, and then also um, just finding as much background on, on guys' character, uh, how they would fit with the culture. Because if you're going to go for a transfer, um, especially a transfer who's going to be able to play right away, they've got to fit the character piece of Gonzaga. That's one of the best things Gonzaga's ever done uh, with taking in transfers, whether it was years ago uh, when guys had to sit or now where guys have immediate eligibility is um, guys that come in can't rock the boat. Um, and so... Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to keep in mind. So for the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, this has been another episode of WCC Weekly. Epic Sports Bar at Northern Quest is Spokane's home for sports. Catch all the action up close and personal on a 30-foot HD TV. Enjoy upscale pub fare, craft beer, and cocktails too. Epic Sports Bar, where watching sports is a sport more at northernquest.com dan this question comes from patrick o'donnell on youtube i'm curious if there are any interesting names out there in the transfer gosh let me hit that one more time dan this comes from patrick o'donnell on youtube he's curious if there are any interesting names out there in the transfer portal and if it's time for gonzaga to go all in on that yeah there's there's lots of uh, talk about different guys in the transfer portal that Gonzaga has reached out to. Quite frankly, at this point, if you believe all the reports that you're going to see uh, in the Twitter sphere about different guys or or things, Gonzaga is linked to about 30 or 40 guys. I mean, really what is happening right now is because there's so many guys in the transfer portal, um, got guys that have had tremendous success at a mid-major school or guys that have been at a power five and maybe are looking for a better fit, um, there's lots of names out there that Gonzaga just has to do their due diligence on and, and figure out a little bit more about their true skill set. Does that skill set translate over, you know, to what Gonzaga does? Does their character fit into the culture that Gonzaga has created? Um, and, and so I think 
you know, right now you're still seeing a number of names. Um, the, the most interesting name uh, to me is the kid out of Utah Valley. And I'm drawing a blank on, on his name. I don't have my notes in front of me right now, but I want to say it's far, far was um, 6'11", seven foot, uh, tremendous shot blocker, rebounder, um, more of a low post presence scorer. Um, if Drew Timmy does come back, I don't know how he fits because, yeah, he's got uh, the defensive rim protection and, and the rebounding that Chet Holmgren does, but he doesn't have the ability to space the floor like Chet Holmgren does. So I don't know if you're necessarily going to want to have two low post presences presences on on the low block at the same time for Gonzaga. It might kind of jam things up. The other one is uh, as a Kansas State guard, um, Nigel Pack. Maybe a little bit of a combo guard, which Gonzaga's had a lot of success with uh, over the last few years. Uh, Rajir Bolton is a tremendous example of that a season ago. Uh, he's from Kansas State, so they've got a new coach, obviously, after Bruce Webb Weaver uh, resigned at the end of the season. But he's another name that I've heard as being a very strong possibility. Uh, I think there's going to be... Uh, there's going to be somebody that transfers to Gonzaga out of the portal that isn't a household name that is going to be a perfect fit, whether it's a, like Roger Bolton or it was a Geno Crandall, uh, somebody that's unsung under the radar. Gonzaga's staff typically does a tremendous job of sorting through the skill set uh, and the character piece to make sure a guy fits um, because that's one thing you, you got to be really aware of in this day and age because, look, there's 1,300 kids right now in the portal. Yes, there's a number of them that aren't going to find a home in Division One. There's a number of guys that are only going to consider a quote-unquote Power 5 school. Uh, there's a number that are only going to consider going to a school where they're the number one option. Um, but I think on all, all being said, uh, I think Gonzaga is going to be patient and they will find the right guys, guy or guys in the transfer portal this, this spring and early summer.